If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Gianni. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Mainstream. On Mainstream, uh, we discuss the big titles, those games that are the talk of the town that everyone is talking about at the moment. They can be big AAA games or they can be smaller games, maybe I indie perhaps, or retro releases or something that's just come out. It's all covered here. It's where the team from sifter.com.au discuss their experiences. We're also quite often joined by uh, guests in the media who tell them uh, tell us about the games that they've been playing. But this week, mainstream stalwart Adam Christou is here uh, on this episode to share a game uh, that Adam has been checking out very recently. Adam, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Well, partner, saddle up, mosey on those little doggies, buckle up them britches, because it's time to get weird. We're, of course, talking about Weird West, the new real-time role-playing game that's built on systems upon systems. Uh, It's a game uh, that is out right now. If you are listening to this, you'll be able to pick it straight up. So let's jump in. This is Mainstream. So what is Weird West? Oh man, Weird West. So Weird West is being developed by Wolfeye Studios, um, which I believe are members uh, or former members of Arcane Studios, who you might know for the Dishonored series and for like really a bunch of really great immersive sim games over the last few years. And Weird West is sort of like a mix of an immersive sim um, a top-down sort of isometric RPG game and an action game sort of rolled together into sort of an, a very kind of creative, cell-shaded package. Um, it is a game that is set in a very evocative sort of Western setting that uses lots of horror elements and oddness um, about it to kind of create an idea of like the the American kind of West in what I guess is like probably the 1800s or the 1900s, it feels kind of like gold rush errory. Um, it's not like super techie. It's very wagons and horses. So think Red Dead Redemption, but with like a, a kind of a real horror twist to it. So there's werewolves. Um, well, there's werewolves. There are people that seem to have been infected by some sort of bizarre insect plague and they shamble around. And when you kill them, they explode. The insects in them come rushing out looking for their next host. Um, there's bears, there's wolves, there's, um, cannibal gangs. Um, you know, there's, there's, a there's pig people, 
um, cultists. So it's it's got this very rich kind of creative idea of the occult and mysteries. It's like very early on in this game, I had an encounter with a witch that left my head scratching, and I really want to know where that that kind of little story hook might go. Um, and it seems like they've they've really thrown themselves into kind of creating um, a very fun. Um, I guess setting for what they've they've put together with this game, which is essentially um, you're doing a bit of role playing, but it's very action focused. And we'll kind of jump into some of the mechanics a bit more later because it is a very mechanical game. But um, one of the key things of this game is there are five different sort of main narrative paths that are split up between different characters. And as you complete one character's story, you can start the next one and see a different perspective of this story, get a different feel for this world and how you relate to it as a different person within it. Um, and then those stories eventually come together and those various characters might cameo in each other's stories. So I won't lie, I'm pretty early on in this game, about six, seven hours in. So I haven't had that experience of swapping over to a different character yet and getting the full experience of how the narrative might shift and turn there. I've been mainly spending my time with the opening character that you start the game with, Jane Bell, who is um she's a bounty hunter with a big reputation in this area but she seems to have some sort of amnesia going on um and doesn't remember why she quit her job and has only recently picked up her guns and her gear in a quest of revenge after her family was targeted by cannibals and her husband was kidnapped and her son was murdered so that's kind of the hook for the game that sort of throws you out into weird west's world and then from there, you'll kind of go on to many kind of kind of odd and weird adventures across this um, kind of RPG landscape. Tell me a little bit about how this game plays, because you said it's sort of an action-y game. Um, I've seen uh, there's a developer who's actually based in Australia, Joe Wintergreen, who actually showed that, you know, there's a lot of systems in this uh, that allows you to sort of play with how the world works, including the example that Joe put on uh, Twitter was uh, you could shoot a, like a rain tank. And if you shot it at a higher level, then water would drain out of the rain tank to that level. If it rained, it would fill back up only to that level because then it would start pouring out again. Um, tell me a little bit about how this game plays. Wow. Okay. I did not pick up that that water tank thing. And that's really cool to kind of hear about. But yeah, there are systems upon systems upon systems in this game. So um, it is a top-down isometric game. So you're getting a bit of a bird's eye view. You have two different camera angles, one that's a bit more snug and close in. And one where you can kind of like push yourself out a bit and really kind of scope out the terrain. Um, and I would say like there's there's a couple of simple um verbs that you get to kind of really play in this world with one main verb is you have a sneak and a crouch um which allows stealth to become a big part of gameplay sneaking around sight lines of enemies um kind of like you can choose to opt out of combat in certain circumstances if you can find a stealthy rate through areas so i feel like that is one system that you can kind of play with there is a knockout mechanic as well um this is a game that wants you to hide bodies or think about what you're doing after you knock out enemies too so if you're not hiding b bodies in bushes and putting them out of the way they will get found and you will get a message on the screen saying someone has found the body and then a camp will become way more alert towards your presence um you also have the ability to pick up and move things in the environment um not everything but quite a few things can be shifted around particularly lots of barrels that tend to be filled with oil or flammable liquid or explosives or toxins 
can be kind of moved around. They all do different debuffs. There's like a water system in this game where things can get wet. And then I suppose if you've got the right sort of ability to trigger lightning-based abilities, you can set off chain reactions that might go out that way as well. So um, in terms of like minute-to-minute, like in-the-moment gameplay and action sense, um, this is a real-time game, so it's not like turn-based. It's quite fast and frenetic as well. Um, time does slow down when you open up the weapon wheel um, or when you use certain abilities that slow down time as well. Um, so you get a little bit of breathing room, but because you're using guns, everyone's kind of light in their armor. Um, you can die really, really fast in this game, and enemies conversely will die really quickly too until they start to level up a bit, at which point you need to level your guns up and your gear up to handle their HP. Um, but it means that things are really fast and snappy and things can turn on a dime really quickly. So within almost the first five minutes, this game's tutorial popped up a window to me basically saying, experiment, the world's your oyster. You want to play around with lots of different tactics in this game and try out lots of cool things? Awesome. We've got a quick save and a quick reload function, so you should use it all the time, uh, which I think kind of gives you an idea of what you might get up into in this game, which is like, try things out. Look at us, look at something that's going on or a scenario that you've been presented with. Have a play around and make a save and try three or four different things and see what actually works best for you in that circumstance. So, for example, that might be sneaking in and taking out all the outer guards by knocking them out and hiding them in bushes. Then you might creep up into a building and then take out like your objective by, I don't know, maybe you need to steal some papers in there, for example, and then get out of the property. Then you could stealth away from everyone else and not do much fighting. Or you could do what I do in this game 90% of the time, which is I stealth into an area, find the explosive barrels, pick them up and put them all in one big location, usually near where the boss is without alerting anyone. And then I will fire off a shot so everyone comes in the direction of the barrels and then I'll throw dynamite at them and blow them all up. And that to me is very fun. I'm just making death traps a lot of the time in this game. Um, And it's fun to kind of have that freedom. There's sort of other systems that are going on in the background here as well. Like there's there's a currency system where you can find like lumps of iron and copper and metals and then you can take them to a forge and smelt them into ingots and then you can sell those to the bank and... Like, I guess that's a way to get currency if you want to go that route. Um, You can actually go hunting and sell pelts if you wanted and do skinning as well as an option too. Um, There's lots of different sort of things that you can kind of do within this game. I think one mechanic that I haven't really tried out yet because I'm just not role-playing that sort of character is that you can kind of like go guns blazing in a town and wipe it out and then it will become a ghost town in this world and might get repopulated by unsavory characters or monsters because the original inhabitants have all been slain. So who knows what might pop up in the remnants of what was in this town. So um, there's kind of an ever shifting, ever changing world at play here. And in terms of like a world map, it reminds me a lot of the early fallout games. So you've got like a lot of fog of war on this world map. You've got a couple of points of interest in the distance that you can head off to And you need to plot where you want to go on this world map. And then your character will start their movement there. And you'll kind of have a rough idea of how much like time it will take to get from A to B. It might be like eight hours, might be like two days. But quests in this game have a lot of time restrictions to them. So there's almost like a metagame that you're playing with. How much time will it take me to go to this part of the map? 
will I be able to go to this other part of the map and take out a bandit for this bounty that I've picked up before they disappear and we lose sight of them? And so I might have seven days to do that goal. And then you start prioritizing prioritizing your quests on this map based on distance, which is kind of interesting and malleable too. Um, as you're exploring the map, you'll uncover new points of interest, some that you may not have found otherwise unless you walked there. Um, others you might get tipped off to from NPCs and quest givers as well. So there's a lot of kind of like rich exploration to be had on a world map level. And then you can like zone into those sub maps and actually do the action and the combat on them as well. And I really liked those systems of traversal and time management um, and camping. Camping is in this game as well. Um, you can camp anywhere on the on the world map if you need to. And you go to a separate, scr- separate screen where you can kind of have a nap, um, which restores your health, or you can cook some food as well. And there might be stray wild animals in the area that you can hunt for their pelts. It's kind of a random chance if they're around or not and spawned. That's kind of cool as well. It's kind of just in there. Um, but I really like some how all these different little systems will kind of interplay with each other. Um, there's also like a, a vague sort of reputation sort of system for your character too and the choices that you're making in this world with factions that reminds me a lot of what like an Obsidian game might do with like say a Fallout New Vegas where, you know, if you annoy um, a faction too much to a point, they're going to send mercenaries after you and then you might have an encounter with them or you're traveling across the map where they try to ambush and take you out and vice versa, you might rescue someone from cannibals and you might be in a firefight six hours later and they'll show up out of nowhere with a prompt in it saying they've come to your rescue. Remember you rescued them six hours ago and then they're there with a shotgun helping you out. And there's, that's cool. that sort of stuff is actually kind of really fun and dynamic. And it feels like the world is responding to, to things that I've done and, and my footprint in it, if that makes sense. Does it feel kind of breath of the wild like with the amount of systems it's got? Does it give you that same sort of feeling? No, not quite, because I feel like Breath of the Wild was sort of like, it was very puzzly, but the the feeling that I actually get from this game, and it might be because of the isometric viewpoint, but I go to, say, the Divinity series, like Division, Divinity Original Sin 2, for example, which was um, critically acclaimed uh, turn-based role-playing game um, that had so many systems like this as well, where you could be a wizard and you could set the ground uh wet with water effects by casting a rain spell and then you could cast your ice spells so that then that area would freeze so if enemies walked on it they would fall over and lose a turn and like so much of divinity's gameplay was like there's all these different systems overlapping so how can i abuse them to win a fight and i feel like weird west is trying to tap into that sort of kind of immersive sim thing that you would get from like a well an arcane game which is you know the people behind this really um where it's like you've been given a toolbox and it's up to you to kind of work out which tools in that toolbox you want to use and how you want to apply them to the circumstance but i i get more um tactical rpg sort of feels from it even though it's a real-time game than i do say like a zelda game where you know i i feel like you did have that sort of freedom where you could like set grass on fire in Zelda and then use your paraglider to like fly up into the air and drop bombs on enemies. But this game feels a little bit more like it falls into that, yeah, that territory of of what I expect of a tactical RPG. And that's kind of where I run into a bit of friction here because I think I would actually like this game a lot better if it was turn-based and actually had that kind of 
kind of slowdown and ability to sort of process the action as it was unfurling before me and go, oh, okay, this is happening now. Okay, I'm going to reassess my battle plans and do this now and maybe um, do this on my next turn. Whereas in Weird West, like once you hit the go button and things are popping off and interacting with each other, it's either going to turn out really well or you're hitting the reload button <laughs> because combat's super fast and punchy in this game, even on normal difficulty that I found that like, if, you know, stuff hit the fan basically in a bad way, um, it was better for me to reload than kind of work through that kind of strange turn of events of like my bombs not working in the right way because things like ammo are really precious in this game so if i if i screw up my bomb plans and have to shoot a bunch of enemies i might not have enough ammo for the next encounter on certain guns that i want to use and things there's a lot of friction like that that made me feel like um mistakes when they happened were a bit too detrimental and i wanted to reload and perfect an encounter which could just be me that could be my brain it could be my gamer brain worms making me want to do like the perfect version of that encounter um and maybe there's something fun about not hitting that reload button that much if you survive through things and scrape through odd encounters but it's always kind of sitting there as like the option which is like you can just reload from when you quick saved and give this a better shot it sort of sounds like the intention behind it was really for you to make it that perfect run because they wouldn't signpost the quick load and the quick um, you know quick save as much if they didn't want you to be using it that way so it sort of sounds like you're kind of heading in the direction of how they wanted you to play it yeah they definitely want you to experiment with this they want you to kind of have that aha moment when you first realize that you can shoot um, a gaslit candle or or lantern on a table and set three people on fire and realize that that's an option for you and you can creep up to windows and look into a building and do that well. No one's paying attention to you and just take out half a room. And they they want you to kind of lean into the ability to quickly be able to reload and try out lots of different options like that so you don't feel like, I guess, you're too hemmed in uh, by the one choice that you've made when you try to approach an encounter. But um, I don't know, it takes, it takes something away when you're constantly reloading after a bit of time. Maybe... I don't know. I feel like I, I'm a bit mixed on on how I feel about that particular element of the game. I feel like I just keep playing it thinking to myself, I'd love this more if it was like Divinity Original Sin 2 and it was turn-based. So I don't know. I wonder if someone might end up making a, a mod for it uh, just so you can play it like that tactical RPG. Do you think, just because it, you know, the Fallout games, you know, a certain sort of a Disney world it does kind of look a bit wild westy in a way is it so much that it is really that expectation of what you think this game is supposed to be because i've definitely had that with games in the past where i've come in expecting the game to be a certain way and then you know once you get your hands on it you realize oh actually this is just aesthetically like this thing it's not actually gameplay like how i expected it to be does that sort of ring true for you Mm, it's not gameplay like the fallout games like the original isometric ones because they were turn-based as well and had like their own like kind of semi-vat system of like you know selecting body parts and limbs in combat so it was very sort of slow deliberate combat and this is very fast punchy and quick um but what i do get from from fallout is that sort of commitment to a very odd strange world that they have really spent a lot of time crafting and building world building for and also that traversal with like 
um, you know, time sensitive elements to it on a on a world map is very much like the first two Fallout games, where it's like you know you've got thirty days to get the uh the thing that you need to purify the water or your your vault is dying or whatever so you've got to kind of navigate this map within that time um this game doesn't have like game over moments for time sensitive quests that i've come across just yet at this point it might with some of the other characters and some stories but so far most of it's mainly been side quests that have had like a a time sensitive quota to it but that feeling of like having time that you need to juggle and then physical time taking place as you move across a world map, I think, draws into that idea of Fallout. And then there's also that commitment to, I guess, creating a very odd um, world for you to inhabit, which I really like too. And then, yeah, because this game is so systems driven and they've built systems around like factions in this world and how people respond to you in this world, I think a lot of that um, kind of allows you to fill gaps when you're role-playing a character in this game that kind of, you know, you would do in the the like traditional isometric games as well. So I kind of get some of that goodness out of this game, even if some things can be a bit wonky at times, like some of the systems around trespassing and stealing items and stuff feel a bit like they need a bit more time in the oven. There's a certain couple of moments where I feel like I've trespassed or tried to steal and suddenly the whole town has psychically found out that I lifted items from someone. And so I feel like that just needs a slight little tweak. But I think if we've all played like games like Skyrim, we've gotten used to that idea that like at some point the stealing mechanics break on you. So um, it's a minor quibble in a game that I think has like a very fascinating amount of depth, even if it's like... You know, for me, I wish the story had a bit more of an emotional hook and made me care about it a bit more so far. I'm very early on in, mind you, and I'm like I said, there's multiple protagonists that you will play with intersecting stories in this game. And I've spent my time mainly with the first one, so I can't really talk about where it's going to go yet. But so far, Jane Bell as a character, her motivations and her desire and her quest that she's on, which you know, I'm going to loosely describe it because it is happens in the first 30 seconds of this game. So I think it's not much of a spoiler, but essentially Jane is on a quest to rescue her husband who has been kidnapped by cannibals. And I don't know a thing about this husband. I know his name. That's about it. I have no context into her, like Jane's relationship with her husband, why she likes him. Maybe this is actually part of the hook of her character because she has some odd amnesia going on based on an experience she had where she was branded by a cult. And she can't remember her life before that moment. So maybe it's got to do with that. And I'm just not up to the point where juicy information will come together. Um, But it's hard to feel a deep role-playing connection to Jane's story at this time. I definitely feel like, oh, yeah, cool. This is fine. Um, But I've heard that there are some interesting things that happen plot-wise with some of the other characters you can inhabit, like the pig man, who is like a mutant pig hybrid character that you get to play and has to kind of deal with like the prejudice of this world where no one likes pig hybrids and they hate them. And so when you interact with with NPCs and go to villages as that character, apparently it's a very different experience. So I'm kind of keen to stick with it and see kind of what sort of role play wrinkles come out of this game. But I, I have to admit that I, I am having a little bit of friction with um, the real time way that this game's combat comes out. Not just because it feels like it would be better to have that kind of like slow patience of a turn-based game, but also 
I think that some of the controls can be a little bit imprecise with aiming your weapons at times. And sometimes like maybe it's an isometric camera angle, but it doesn't translate perfectly when you might have a shot blocked by say like a wall or like a rock in the distance and you like will shoot three or four precious gunshots of ammo and ammo is sparse in this game. You don't want to waste it. And it doesn't, it whiffs and doesn't hit the enemy. And then you're like, oh, man so i've had a few moments like that and it's probably just teething issues as i kind of learn and adjust into the systems of its of what it's doing um but there's there's some interesting things going on in this game i'm really keen to see how other people kind of respond to it how do you, who do you think this game is for i think this game is absolutely for anyone who likes being given a toolbox and told to um experiment so I think if you love like systems driven games, whether that's like a pen or paper game, um, like, you know, like a Pathfinder style turn based game, whether it is a Baldur's Gate style game where you are kind of playing within a system and trying to break it, I think this game is for you. I think if you love immersive sims and you liked things like Deus Ex and you liked having choice and decision as to how you can kind of like approach something, I think this game is also for you because like it's really kind of throwing you in to the deep end and going okay here's an enemy encampment how do you want to approach this do you want to stealth it do you want to go guns blazing do you want to set traps do you want to go hire some mercenaries that join you and then you can stand in the back while they fight for you there's so many different ways to play around with like how you solve a problem in this game that i think it's if you enjoy problem solving in games and having the open-ended freedom to kind of make a decision then this is a really fun game for that i don't know if i necessarily fall into that category all the time i think i almost like it when i'm constrained a little bit um, because it kind of gives me maybe rails that i feel like i can kind of approach something on and when things can get overwhelming in a system sense sometimes i can find it a bit alienating so i, I there were moments where i felt like my own friction um, was kind of coming up because I was just like, oh man, I just wish sometimes it was a corridor and I could just like focus on character combos because maybe that's just because I've been playing a lot of Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. I just want to hit things in that game all the time. And so trying to think creatively and out of the box sometimes, I'm just like, sometimes I'm not in the mood for it. And that's just a personal thing. But I think if you are that person and you want to approach every um encounter or or challenge in this game like it's a set of lego that you can like rip apart and rebuild you're going to have a very interesting time with weird west i think it's gonna tick a lot of boxes for you um i reckon this is the sort of game that speedrunners are gonna love because they'll be able to exploit all the different little elements that make up the world to create some really ridiculous over-the-top uh, <laughs> configurations that are very enjoyable i think as well uh, you know for people who like the idea of the setting um of this sort of spooky world set in a, a, a west as well i'm you know listening to a, a podcast from friends at the table which is set in a sort of similar-ish sort of world so that sort of Thing appeals to me um then it's one that uh, you might enjoy as well um, i was about to say that friends in the table season that's airing at the moment is what i immediately thought of when i started playing this game this idea of like a a, a strange western setting that's in decline that's just full of ruinous horrors at any point it's uh that's weird west 
uh, Weird West is uh, published by Devolver. Uh, it will be out right as you listen to this episode, uh, available on PC, on PlayStation, and on Xbox. Uh, thanks to the publisher for providing us an early look at the game. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. This is Mainstream. So this has been Mainstream by Sifter. It's what video games the Sifter team have been playing. My name is Johnny, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Mainstream. Adam? My pleasure. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Mainstream theme music, uh, and thanks to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. Now, Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy... Kyle Paletto, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Uh, Mitch Lowe is our senior producer, and my name is Gianni DiGiovanni, and I'm the executive producer. Now, Adam, if people want to give Sifter a follow on social media, where can they go? Well, they can head to, well, we're pretty much on most social media these days, but we're at Sifter HQ on most platforms that you like Instagram, Twitter, a few other things. Um, so there is a good place to head. Uh, we've also mentioned our website, sifter.com.au. Um, we have a discord that you can also join as well, um, which is a great place to share screenshots to tell us what you're playing at the moment. And I'm actually really curious to hear from people that will be playing weird West in there. Cause I want to hear about how they've gone about playing this game and some of the challenges that they've done up. So if you want to get on board with the sifter discord, you can head to sifter.com.au forward slash discord. We've got three podcasts. Uh, this is one of them. This is Mainstream, where we review games, talk about the experiences uh, that, of playing them, things that we uh, resonated with, things that maybe didn't work exactly for us. This is Mainstream. All sorts of games are talked about here. We've also got another show called Lightmap. That's our oldest show. We're rapidly approaching episode 200 for Lightmap, um, where we speak to creatives, uh, people who work in interactive media, and we learn about how they make things, what it is to put these things together, some of the considerations when they're thinking about people playing their games uh, and discuss uh, the things that they make. So that's found in your podcast player. And we've also got a third podcast that comes out every Sunday called Walkthrough. And that's where we go through the biggest news uh, of the week. Anything uh, that might have come out that have made headlines. Uh, if you haven't got time to keep track of everything, well, we'll summarize it all for you. We'll give you explainers and keep you up to date with everything. So there are all available on your podcast players right now. You can follow them all for free uh, and get episodes of Lightmap, of Mainstream, and of Walkthrough. Uh, while you're online, uh, if you want to support Sifter and the uh, independent journalism that we do, you can go to the Sifter store where you can buy a video game-inspired shirt designed and made in Australia. Uh, that's sifter.store. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different designs. There's one that I really like, which looks like the OutRun car uh, that's been done in a uh, Sifter style. So you can check that out there. That's up on Sifter store or head to sifter.com.au and click on merch up the top. That's all the time we have for this episode of Mainstream. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, have fun. Did 
did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 